Hello and welcome to the Fight Like a Girl podcast. Um, in this episode, I speak to the wonderful Abby O'Toole. Um, we talk about everything from her recent fight at uh, Grapple Fest 7 um, with Molly McCann to, uh, yeah, pretty much everything that I talk about normally. Uh, her journey in jiu-jitsu and just general bullshit. So, um, yeah, without further ado, let's start the show. Okay, we're on going. <laughs> um, okay, so obviously you're Abby O'Toole. Yeah. <laughs> and you are a purple belt. Un- Who are you under? Are you under Nick Brooks? Are you under Dan or um, It's Nick Hodger? Brooks. Hodger? Um, not Hodger. Uh, the affiliation went, I think, about a year before I started at Mill Hill. Okay. So it's just Nick Brooks for the moment. Nice. Um, yeah, because Dan was sort of like just teaching the Nogi program. Okay. You know, they're quite separate at Mill Hill. They nice. Were, they used to be. Nice. Very distinct. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to start off uh, with how you got into the sport in general. Um, I found out this morning uh, that you used to train with Joe, uh, Joe White, who does Raina. Yeah. Down south at Phoenix. Yeah, I've, I've got quite a colourful history in jiu <laughs> I moved to a few different gyms, but I started um, when I was about 19, and mm-hmm. I was on a gap year. I had two gap years. A gap year? Yeah, a gap year. <laughs> I worked in Sainsbury's, nice. which was tragic. And then I realised I need to go to uni now. But I watched uh, Kick-Ass 2. I think it was in the August of my first gap year, and I was like, oh, like, I need to learn a martial art, I need to know how to fight because this is so cool and mm. I was just really bored. So I started like Googling sort of martial arts and I first was gonna like try MMA but then realised I have no I don't I'm not I'm not a specialist in anything. Mm. So then I found judo and uh, I phoned I think I was emailing a judo club in uh, West Ealing. But the coach was gone for a couple of weeks, and I was like, I can't wait two weeks. I need to do it now. So it was so impulsive. So I then found. Uh, I've watched this film. I'm yeah. Out. <laughs> I need to do it now. I can't. I can't wait two weeks. So I then looked at uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and I saw a video of this kickboxer getting armbarred. He had his arm broken. Nice. And I was like, this is savage. This is perfect. <laughs> so I just yeah found jiu-jitsu in um, in Acton. And there was a club just sort of like down the road in Chiswick, so I started at Wave. I was there for like three years and got my blue belt from uh, Lorenzo. Okay. And then I suppose I left because of artistic differences. Ooh. Um, <laughs> saucy differences. Um, yeah, I just wasn't wasn't approving of the way, um, you know, he wasn't as an instructor. Okay. But then, so I was at uni at the time. And then um, I switched uni to University of Southampton. So then I started training with Joe. Uh-huh. And I was there. What did you study in Southampton? So I... So was it Southampton University or Solent University? Uni of. Definitely uni of. But Good. I was doing a foundation year. So <laughs> it was... It's See, just... I went to Solent when it just became Solent. And it was okay. a shithole then. And, like, not to cast aspersions on where people might be studying, but... It was awful. <laughs> Do you know, I feel like it's it's not the best area for students. Mm. And 
I think as a student, you're, you're sort of limited no matter where, like whether you go to the Solon or Uniog. Mm. Like, cause it's such a small place. Oh, yeah. There was like seven nightclubs and, <laughs> you know, I wasn't really welcome at one of them for a little while. Cause I sort of broke my nose and fell off the stage. <laughs> so I, could, I didn't want to go back there. Um, but yeah. So it was a self-imposed ban. Yeah, like, I was too like, that's too tragic. I can't go back <laughs> in case they recognise me. Yeah, then a uh, training at Phoenix, which was great. How long were you in Southampton for? Uh, about a year. Ooh. Sort of like one academic year. So, okay. Yeah, I then s- changed back to um, studying in London. And then I was at Carlson's for like three months. Okay. And then made some awesome new friends at Mill Hill. And I was like, uh-huh. you, know, I d- you know when you don't really have any sort of like, uh, you know... Allegiances. Yeah, with, yeah. with a gym. So I just thought, you know, I might as well make the, the switch now. We met Jay, Trojan and Mo. Mm. And yeah, I then stayed at the... The dream Hill. team. Yeah, the dream <laughs> team. But it's so funny because now Jay and Trojan aren't at Mill Hill, so... Yeah. Um, when did that happen? I think it happened about a year and a half ago. But it caused quite a stir. <laughs> so, yeah. See, I, I only just recently noticed that Jay was posting from a different gym I was like oh maybe he's touring <laughs> yeah um I think everyone sort of found out because of a uh, a hashtag hashtag set it all off ah, <laughs> so, I've got no idea I'm I'm completely oblivious to all this <laughs> yeah you need to, you need to train at Royal Hill for like just a week and you'll hear all the goss Maybe I will. Like I was thinking about um, signing up at Mill Hill because of where I work. Like yeah, it's, it's so like close. it's like five minutes down the road. Yeah. And um, but like, I don't know. I I'm already paying for like three different gym memberships. Oh my god. So, yeah. I know. I know. And I hardly train. So. <laughs> You've been injured, right? Yeah. 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 Um, it's a lot better now, and like it's been really good for me personally because like I was really hung up on stupid things like I think they're stupid um but like I was focusing so heavily on like uh the wrong things and I kind of lost my joy for like jujitsu in general so I was having a really hard time of it and then like with all the stuff that keeps kicking off on the underground like about a month month and a half ago I was just like fuck it I don't want to do it anymore yeah and um, underground is toxic yeah, everyone keeps telling me this. <laughs> yeah, I think the best thing to do is just to leave the group and mm. you know just kind of distance yourself from. Yeah, but like I've done sorts of opinions. I, I I've spoken about this on uh, my other podcast, but like, um, for me, I'm on there because I want to see where, like, isn't safe to train. Yeah. Because like that's true. Yeah. If I can like just go oh him 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 and him. I don't want to be anywhere near them, and then I just like cross their gyms off the list. It's like okay, yeah. great. I don't want to. I don't want to train there, but um, I'm not touring as much as I used to, so um, I don't think that's as prevalent as it was. But um, yeah, it's just it's fine. But like now, going back in, like I've been able to reset a little bit and just do it like. Because my body has a lot of limitations now, where um, I hurt my leg and my back, so like I don't have any like explosive movement in my hips. Yeah. I, like my right leg isn't really strong, so like I can get my butterfly hooks in, but I can't 
elevate or yeah. anything. Yeah. You know. So it's really forcing me to kind of think about what it is that I want from the sport and it's just the joy of doing it. So like yeah. now I don't mind like just going and enjoying the class and learning and applying what we're doing. So like I just remember previously I'd be like, oh, excellent. Um, we're doing like positional sparring of what we've done in the class, but I'd always revert to like my A game to stop people yeah. from passing. So I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, so we're supposed to be doing something that we've actually done. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want anyone passing my guard. I don't want anyone doing this. I want to finish this. But now it's like, no, I'm going to give my chance myself the opportunity to learn. Like, it's just so freeing like not caring yeah. yeah I know what you mean because <laughs> I there are some white belts that like they're really they're quite tough and stuff but like there's a there's also a little thing in in my brain going don't you fucking let them pass yeah it's, don't you do it <laughs> I know exactly like the sort of thing you mean as soon as you get that next belt yeah. you feel like no one in the lower belt should be able to do anything to you now you know. Well, it's not so much that. It's just certain people. Like, I've got no issues with, um, like, for instance, the women's class that Haley runs on a Friday. Like, yeah. I will give up position and tap to those women all day, every day. I've got all the time yeah. in the world. It's just there are a couple of people who I've rolled with in the past who just have a bit of an ego about them. Mm. And then, like, they try and make things harder than they should be. And I'm just like, not today. Like, I outweigh you by, like, 20 kilos. <laughs> it's fine. I have that feeling about neck cranks. Yeah. I don't see them as real submissions. And so <laughs> I would tap to them and just hear some pops. And I'm like, it's okay, Abby, you won't go to sleep, it's fine. But um, it does help, you know, in, in certain, um, you know, super fights, I can kind of, you know, <laughs> last quite a while in a... In yeah, I noticed. So, um, yeah, it's one of my... Do you want to talk about that now? <laughs> I'm happy to talk about it. Um, so your fight with um, Molly McCann, like, yeah. I had a watch of it, and it was it was a really good fight. But like, from my perspective, like, there weren't many tools in her arsenal. It was literally just jump on the guillotine or yeah. DDT. Like, mm-hmm. I thought she was pro wrestling. <laughs> Yeah. Because, like, every time she had your head in a guillotine, she would just, like, really haphazardly drop down to her hips with your head there. And I was like, she wasn't, like, tucking it or cradling it or anything. It was just literally your head on the ground. Yeah, it was really strange. Yeah. I could kind of sense that she thought it was a wrestling match. Mm. And maybe, I don't know, I mean, I suppose wrestling's quite big in jiu-jitsu now. Yeah. You know, they, they, it looks cool. You get some really awesome takedowns. And not I know, pro wrestling. Yeah, not pro wrestling, especially with the sort of behaviour as well. It's very, it's very weird. I'm not used to. Yeah. You know. Um, but like, do you think that that's uh, to do with the personality that um, ha- sometimes has to be developed for like the MMA, or 100%, is it? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Because she. Oh, like, I lived in Liverpool for a little while as well, and it is, she does have, like, a, a common personality where it is very, like, uh, not aggressive, but standoffish, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, if you're an MMA fighter, I know you see, like, in the UFC, there's all these different sorts of personalities, and mm. you kind of play, maybe play up to that sort of character, and 
I feel like she didn't sort of make a distinction between MMA and jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Because jiu-jitsu is very different. You know, you don't sort of like... Mm. I mean, I don't know, like, in my experience, you don't eye gouge and <laughs> that sort of... You know, that yeah. sort of thing. Like, it's kind of more of a respectful... But, like, I could see, like, the, the smothering and stuff. And, like, I read the comments on her Instagram. I read the comments through your Facebook posts and your Instagram and yeah. stuff. And it's, like... I could agree and disagree with uh, a lot of the stuff. Like smothering is legitimate, but like like you say, the eye gouging, not necessarily. And I, yeah, like she was saying that she was palming and that she didn't feel her finger go in. But like if you're there rubbing your eye, going, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> like <laughs> I know something's happened. Yeah. But like another thing that I saw was like where she um she tripoded up when uh, she was in your garden like she had her hands around your throat I know. like she was trying to strangle you yeah <laughs> I was like what the hell is this I've just I'm so used to it you know like fighting people who are quite aggressive I just kind of was like don't rise to it you know, it's okay <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. oh my god <laughs> if I stand on the moon oh it's one of those light sensors yeah that's gonna be fun I think my I suppose take-home message from the super fight was that it was, you know, it was still a great experience being on the show. Mm. I just wish we we both could have showcased a bit more jujitsu. Yeah. So that was going to be really. that was going to be my question because like yeah. uh, it was on uh, Grapple Fest. Yeah. But like the name implies just grappling, so like it is it is it marketed as like. A, a jiu-jitsu competition or is it like more like ADCC where it's any kind of grappling so from my understanding it's sort of ADCC rules so okay. anything goes essentially except you can't sort of like lift people up and slam, slam them on the ground mm. but you can sort of smother and you know I knew that before going into the match that that was that could have been yeah you know an, an issue it was on the cards yes <laughs> um, and I don't mind it really it just is a bit you know kind of like annoying mm. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, it is a grappling show. Mm. Um, I know they do have a few, like, MMA fighters coming onto the show, but, mm. you know, like, they do have a lot of high-level, you know, jiu-jitsu black belts yeah. and stuff like that, so... Well... Yeah. But yeah. it is a show at the end of the day. Exactly. And, and well, drama pays off. Exactly. you got fight of the night, right? Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's it was filled with drama. Yeah. Because, um, like... Uh, Craig Jones he was in the was he like the main event yeah and like he, he finished real early with that like was it a reverse triangle I think it was a Kimura but um, I don't know I might be mistaken but I think he had sort of like a maybe I think he went he had a Kimura grip but then yeah. um, the guy tried to come out and then he wrapped his leg around and then just like literally caught the um, the hook yeah like Either way, it was brilliant. That's fantastic. Because I, I was sort of like running around a bit, and uh, I think I didn't even get to see the finish. Oh, I think no. I walked out, you know, um, I ended up walking out with him for some reason. Like Love all it. of us, like um, <laughs> my friend Simon and uh, Pauline, <laughs> and uh, my boyfriend Daniel as well, like followed him directly out of the door, which was quite funny. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good fight, you know, like I've seen the highlights. Mm. So. It's cool. awesome being on a card with, with people like that. Yeah. Because, like... Extremely flattering. You've been on a few, um, like, 
fight cards now like yeah would you say that that's that's probably going to be your most memorable one 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. i thought the maya holmes match uh, would have been the most memorable but i'd say yeah the last one definitely <clears throat> is is unforgettable like I, I i'm not sure how much how often i say this but like i love maya she's like literally one of my favorite people She's one of my favourite people in the world, but she's also one of my favourite people to um, roll with. Yeah, like, incredibly technical. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, she makes me feel like a child. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, it's always fun. Like, she's, um, my matches with her have been, like, highlights for me because mm. she really exposes, like, big holes in my game. So every time I've fought her, I've always had something to go out with. Which is nice. So you competed at Cleos against yeah, each other, right? Yeah, both times I've fought her, I've yeah. been at Cleos. So, um, both in the game, I believe. Yeah, cause she beat me the first time. Um, and then I beat her the second time. Okay. I so can't remember if it was a decision. Yeah, and... Third, third match. Well, <laughs> she's... She's just getting better, and yeah. I'm scared now, so <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> like, oh, I'll, I'll go to her gym and roll with her, but I don't know if I could do it in a competition. It's that knee slice passing, that pressure passing as well. Well, she keeps taking my back. Okay. I think she berimboloed me last time we fought. Ooh. I know, it hurt my feelings, <laughs> very much so. Um, okay, so... You got into it when you were 19, you went to Phoenix when you were at Southampton, and then Carlson's for three months, and then to Mill Hill. Yeah. And you've been You got it since. right, you remembered it. A lot of people don't remember that. They're like, wait, how many gyms did you go to? <laughs> Wave, Phoenix, Carlson's, Mill, Mill Hill. Yeah. Yeah. See, the thing is, I listen. And yeah, you do. I process. <laughs> but, um... It's because I get to do this all the time. I have, like, the first few podcasts that I did, like, were just so haphazard and ridiculous. I was like, hello, <laughs> how is everyone? <laughs> but now, like, I'm, I'm trying, like, to focus more on the person who I have sat opposite me rather than going, yeah, that's nice, but i done this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you've been at Mewheel for a while. Uh... One of the questions I wanted to ask you is, like, do you just, do you train predominantly nogi now, or is it still mixed? So, ever since um, I went on Grapple Fest mm. for the first time, which was just about a year ago now, I sort of, I wasn't training much nogi, um, because I was really bad at it, <laughs> and I was like, I'll stick to gi, I know what I'm doing in the gi. Because I didn't really do any nogi before joining Mill Hill. So oh. I spent like, I don't know, like four and a half years just doing gi. Love it. And so, you know, and you're really comfortable. And even when I was doing nogi, I'd get, you know, a few comments from some of the guys being like, oh, you know, I'm a white belt. And you know, I just tapped you loads. And I'd be like, go away. <laughs> so I stopped nogi for a little bit. And then I had the opportunity to, to go and grapple fest. So I was like, I need to get my nogi up to scratch. And mm. I've since like fallen in love with it. It's so much more exciting. Yeah. You know, like matches I, are so... They can go either way all the time. It's just so rapid. Like, yeah. I haven't really trained no-gi for a long time. Like, um, 
like I, I do occasional like sparring matches for like um, the odd thing but like yeah. I've never actually like trained out of the gi since I'd like moved to Milton Keynes um, but I have done a couple of no gi competitions but like uh, it's too fast for me like yeah. I'm so old and you're not old like, old fat and slow it's no. it's my trifactor <laughs> so like for me I like the level of control that the gi gives and I like the the technicality behind it where you have to be like super focused on what you want to achieve because you're gonna yeah. get grabbed and it hurts my feelings yeah. but like I have to admit I really do enjoy watching the nogi stuff because like like you say it's super exciting and like people just moving around and slip and sliding and everything and like yeah. um the eight like I saw the ADCC highlights and I was just like it's fucking awesome I wish I could move like that but then like I see myself doing yoga for BJJ or I've got like my <laughs> yoga for rocks because I'm so stiff and I can't move properly yeah. so um it's incredible watching. Um, mm. like I watched the ADCC and I, I think I fell asleep halfway through, but then woke up again. Um, <laughs> and there it was. <laughs> yeah, and then I was, what match was I watching? I think I was watching um, the finals or something, but yeah, just, can, you know, true athletes. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I love the fact that you, like, it's not limited to jujitsu. You have, like, so many, you have the, like, I want to say like the trifecta of like grappling arts, like uh, people with judo background, wrestling and jujitsu. Yeah. And like, oh, what was his name? Nicky Rod. Like, yeah, he's a savage, right? He's so good, yeah. like, and big and brilliant. <laughs> he's just like, he has a never ending gas tank. <laughs> it's just like, oh, wow. So there are like monsters in the world. Cool. Yeah. Blue belt, well, he's purple belt now, right? But yeah. yeah. But, like he is a great like well if there was ever a reason to get into like wrestling and stuff like that would be it but like that's probably one of the things I um I was gonna say admire but it's not that word it's something different but like uh listening to like uh wrestlers talk about uh, their training and stuff like yeah. growing up and like how intense it is because you have to be constantly working to get like the pins and stuff it's just like I'm so glad I found jiu-jitsu and not wrestling yeah, because I know, right? I'm so lazy it's a yeah a lazy person sport in some respects yeah you can just sort of you know just lie back yeah lie back and you know react to things and mm. that's what I keep telling my brother like um, he came to see a class for the first time like since I've lived in Milton Keynes and he looked super interested and I was like oh, I might actually be able to get him on the mat yeah. but um, he kept asking me while I was lying down that was fun I was like because I don't need to stand up they'll come to me yeah exactly <laughs> come into my guard you know <laughs> um, back on to an actual topic because I keep going all over the place and I apologise. It's okay. Um, so how long have you been at Mill Hill now? Uh, I think about two years. And you're loving it, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I do. So that's what I was asking about your training gear and no gear. Um, so I don't know how like gradings and stuff work there, but like 
it's always something that confuses me because like mm. if you're training predominantly no gi does that mean you still rank up in the gi i don't think so i don't see myself getting a stripe for a very long time <laughs> so i was so i got a purple boat in february of mm. this year and, and you're like, fuck that gi. Yeah, I was like, got my purple belt, I can chill now, I can, you know, do what I want to do. Because it just looks better, doesn't it? You know, when you get it's a purple belt, you're sort of, a, you know, quite advanced, I suppose. Yeah. I just like the contrast of white and purple. Yeah, it's a fantastic colour. It's beautiful. Yeah, I but keep like, buying even, of purple things. Even black and purple, it's like, oh, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um... I can't believe it was just February that you got it. I thought you got it earlier. No, it was, um, yeah. I was a four-stripe blue for about, maybe about a year. I was a four-stripe for quite a long time. Mm. And uh, then I did take some time out and sort of focused on nogi. So I think that probably didn't help. And, you know, mm. when you move around gyms, yeah, it, ma- it does make grading a, a lot harder. Yeah. You are, you know, I, I was aware that I would probably have to wait. But mm. I think it, you know, I think but does it's, it matter? That's yeah, exactly that's the question. Because like, um, I know it's a massive question that a lot of people like get really hung up on. Yeah. Like, I'm not progressing because of this, this, and this. Well, if you're putting time on the mat, then you're progressing. Like, yeah. Do you really need someone to come up to you and pat you on the back? Congratulations. <laughs> Here's a stripe. You're, you're a little bit better today. <laughs> to, to be honest, I was a bit like that when I was reaching the end of my blue belt. Oh my god, I... Like blue belt IS, right? <laughs> it was so hard. I've had my blue belt for two years and I've had like no progression in it, like at all. Um, but that's because um, I was travelling around a lot, yeah. uh, going to open mats and other people's gyms. And like uh, when I started off the podcast, I was going to like... Uh, all of like the black belt gyms and stuff and just like training with the women there so that was really fun that's but a great experience yeah it was amazing yeah. like um getting to roll with people like uh Gret Zeller um Helen Curry who else did it I literally can't remember they were both on your podcast right yeah yeah so every time I recorded a podcast I'd roll with them and train with them for a little bit as well it was uh always super fun yeah. <laughs> um so like it wasn't uh surprising that I wasn't putting the time in at, at my actual gym, so progression wasn't necessarily gonna come. Yeah. But um for me at that point it was more about just learning from other people. Yeah, exactly. Because like I don't I don't know about you, but like at the end of my white belt I was so tired of using the same moves over and over again. It's mm-hmm. just like I'm a blue belt now. I need to learn wrist locks and I need to learn to work from the bottom because all I've done for the whole of white belt is uh, smash top game. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So that was sort of your game really, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. And uh, it served me pretty well. And like I was like at competition, I was fairly uh, a fairly confident grappler. So I didn't really have any like nerves and stuff going in like uh, in the later competitions. So I was able to just play my game and get other yeah. people to play my game as well, which was really cool. And like I've competed at Blue Belt and it's been just as fun, I'd say, but I get different things from the experience now. Have you noticed how competing at Blue Belt is so much harder than White Belt? <laughs> it's such a shock to the system. Well, I had that anyway. Yeah. When I had my first Blue Belt comp. Because like, 
I know I've said this a million times, but like uh, there are people who I've spoken to in the past where they're like, oh, I'm not going to compete until I'm a blue belt. And the first thing I think is, why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. Like <laughs> You'll quit jiu-jitsu. <laughs> exactly. Like, You'll never win, ever. Yeah. It's like the best thing you can do at white belt is compete early and often because you're constantly gaining experience and learning where your holes are. Like yeah, that's exactly. Even if you get smashed. You yeah, know. it doesn't matter. But as soon as you get to blue belt, like you've got people who have been a blue belt for a month, two months to five six years i had that and it's like my first match at the <laughs> london fall and i think she got about 27 points on me love it and that was you know my friends i think they they you know lied and said it was 27 as opposed to probably about 40 <laughs> but it just got my guard passed you know god knows how many times and i came from so when i was a white belt i did quite well at um, mm. competitions you know i got I got gold in all the comps I entered, and I was like, that's cool, go. at Blue Belt, you're it'd be fine. Yeah, I was like, oh, you know, I'll get a gold again. Little did I know. <laughs> I was like, I want a rematch, that wasn't fair. But then, yeah, you, I suppose you just have to accept that there is such a big... Um, but it know, doesn't matter what belt you are, because like, there's a massive skill gap between just two people in yeah. general yeah like, exactly especially if you get contrasting uh like types of game as well like i don't know if you're a leg locker and you're fighting someone who's really good at passing guard like you're gonna suffer yeah pretty much <laughs> or if you know you're really good at open guard and someone just keeps trying to uh guillotine you and you come from a club that's known for their guillotines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think at some point it looked like I was baiting it a bit. I think I think one of the commentators was like, maybe Abby's like, you know, just just baiting her. <laughs> just they're like, no, just they're like, like come on, come on, engage. Look at it. Look at it. Can you see my neck? <laughs> my short fat neck as well. I I have the worst neck to try and guillotine. It's just so. There's just nothing that let there in it, so. So she was just trying to neck crank you, and you were just there like, no, yeah, <laughs> it can hurt all it has to. At one point, I give a thumbs up to the ref because he's like, Abby, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And <coughs> are you sure he wasn't? Rash guard in my mouth and everything. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> like, with going back to your uh, first competition at Blue Belt, like one of the things I always ask myself is, um, at what point does the referee go? 25 points they're not coming back from this yeah do i just throw in the towel out of mercy yeah do i just you know <laughs> do i just stop it look okay it's fine <laughs> the worst thing is i wish she had just tapped me because then i could just you know accept that mm. like, i got caught it's fine but i think you know i've seen some matches where i think it happens a lot of black belt where mm. you know you have a really high level black belt competitor against someone who's probably a part-time grappler and they get about mm. 50 points and then they sub them at the end. Yeah. So I just feel like, just sub me at the start. And then I can be like, you know, I got caught, whatever. But Yeah. It's you know. not like you got caught and had 50 points on you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I didn't know I was this bad. Like, submissions are fine because you don't count. Yeah. But I think it's, it's always a good learning experience. Um, mm. And yeah, thankfully, like, when I got to Purple Belt, that didn't really happen. Mm. How have you found competing at Purple Belt in general? I feel a lot more prepared for it than I did at Blue. Mm. 
have you found that your um like obviously your confidence grows in general uh like the more you grapple and stuff but like have you found that there's been a big contrast between your confidence in competing at purple belt than you were at blue yeah because i i suppose i didn't ever think i'd reach purple belt like Mm. at one point i was like maybe this isn't for me you know i found blue belt quite um quite difficult and yeah i just thought to myself you know maybe you know i should just give in and i think i last it sort of last about a day and then i i wouldn't go to training and then i'd be like abby you're an idiot why didn't you train so then i go back to training again but i suppose it's just part of blue belt blues right yeah um but yeah purple belt i think if you compete enough times you just your tactics get better you mm. tend to understand the game a bit more and you know, at Blue Belt, I was always, like, submission hungry. Yeah. Or, you know, any time I saw an arm, I would jump on it, and it would cost me the fight because I'd get my guard <laughs> passed or, I don't know, I'd get swept or something. Hence the moniker of Armbar Queen. Yeah, so... So, why armbars is my first question, like, for you. Uh, like, um... What is it about them that stands out? <laughs> so it was the first submission I learned. Mm. and uh, initially I had no you know I was trying to do arm bars from guard and it was it was actually quite mortifying to watch yeah like from anyone was watching me try and do it I was just like yeah but I'm doing it right this is right and I don't know I feel like arm bars you can use like all of your body to finish them so mm. I mean obviously if I'm trying to arm bar someone with like massive arms you know mm. that can just sort of like lift me up which has happened a few times <laughs> Then, Dan. Uh, Dan, and it happened in an absolute as well. <laughs> the girl just stood up and shook me off her arm, and I fell on the floor, and I was like, "Oh my god!" But I didn't learn my lesson. I then tried to do it, you know, three more times. Nice. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like arm bars are just. I think everyone has their thing, and mm. I can't say I arm bar as much as I do now because yeah. I did get banned from them at the gym for a little while. <laughs> And if I ever tried to do one, I'd have to be, I'd have to sit by the wall. Oh. And that was really embarrassing. So I just was like, it's okay, just try and do other techniques. There are other techniques in Jiu-Jitsu Abbey. So, yeah, but I mean, it's, with the the Instagram, like, I've sort of had that name for mm. so long. I can't really get rid of it. So I'm just going <laughs> to stick to it. So now that, you're, as it is. now that you're not allowed to do arm bars, um... Like, what's your go-to? Do you switch it up at all, or is it? Just... I, li- I like kimuras at the moment. Kimuras are really nice. The kimura control yeah. is literally the best. I know, right? It's so good. I love it. It's literally what I've been working on for the past like six months. That and wrist locks because they go hand in hand. Believe it or not. <laughs> well, I suppose if you what, slide the the hand down and. Yeah, so if you've got like your hand on the wrist, I move the wrist up to the palm and push down. Nice. Um, it's the same with like the Americana, like, yeah. like you only, you only do it to people who are annoying, but like, <laughs> it's fine. It's like a lesson, isn't it? It's yeah, like, but like. Annoying next time. Um, at White Belt, I was a really big fan of the Americana because like, uh, most of my matches would go um like outside trip to side control side control to americana oh, amazing yeah. um so from the americana i did like i like the mouse trap where you switch between the kimura and the americana by doing like the the cradle 
That's really okay. cool. Yeah. Um, with the uh, straight arm bar in the middle. Yeah. Because it's dope. Three and one. Yeah. yeah. But like I, I've just been uh, working on finding the the wrist to get the Kimura grips now, and like I don't care about finishing. I care about controlling my opponent with the grips. Yeah. So that's been enlightening. I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Although, like, I did. Uh, what did I do? I went training on Monday, and uh, one of the guys exposed a massive hole in my game, which is anyone above a blue belt. If I go to put my foot on their hip and to break their posture, they will literally just pull it and ankle lock me. <laughs> oh, that's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. It's I'm like a... one of the like, pitfalls <laughs> of playing open guard. <laughs> It's no good. I'm like, I don't really train leg locks. So it's like, I guess I'm going to have a hole for a little while. <laughs> while I train other things. I feel like leg locks is, is where it's all going now. You know? I don't know. Um, like, it's had its time in the sun at yep. the moment. For and sure. heel hooks are massive at the moment. But like, I was having this conversation with a friend not too long ago. Um, it might have been Sophie. Um, but like uh, jujitsu operates on a cycle and like you have all of the flashy stuff come in and then people are like going back to basics yeah and then like it just cycles between the two like i remember like i haven't really been in like the the jujitsu world for a long time but i do remember like seeing just like little peaks and troughs of things coming through like i remember when the berimbola was everything oh, yeah, and then one person that. goes this is how you stop it yeah and then no one used it anymore and everyone just forgets about it <laughs> and moves on yeah so um like legs are big at the moment because like nogi's really taking off it yeah and like um it's really like I'm not going to say that you can't leg lock in the gi because that's literally the only place that I've ever been leg locked because I don't train no gi. Yeah. <laughs> but like um, heel hooks especially, like they're, they're banned in the gi, aren't they? Because yeah, I think... like reaping the knee or something. So they're banned in like all IBJJF competitions, even at black belt and no gi. Nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think the most you can do, is I think you can do obviously like knee bars and toe holds, mm -mm. which are lethal. Toe holds are awful. I know. I had my foot popped. You no. know, it wasn't even like, you know when you feel like you're safe in a submission? I was yeah. like, my foot doesn't even look disfigured. It's fine. <laughs> and then just this Not like, that it doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't look disfigured. Yeah. I was like, it's just a nice stretch at the moment. And then it just popped. And I was like, oh my God. Love it. And uh, yeah, I'm still sort of feeling it now. But it's sort of in a place where you wouldn't expect... Mm. there to be pain from a toe hold so maybe is it like in the middle of the ball it's on the other side oh yeah <laughs> so maybe it was just a little tendon or something just sliding over my bone and beautiful got a bit caught but um yeah I, ever since then i'm like tapping really really quickly mm. to any sort of leg lock because yeah can't like, be dealing with that well that's the thing like um like people talk about it uh, in competitions where mm. like and there's so many sayings about like oh ego is not your amigo and all of this nonsense but like for me competition means gambling your ego yeah. so you're essentially you're not going there to win medals you're going there to test yourself and a lot of what that entails is am I okay with losing 
Yeah. So it's the same in the gym. And like, even like you say, if someone gets you in like a, a toll hold or something that you're not familiar with, yeah. like you're willing to give it up a little bit. Like how, how is this supposed to feel? Yeah. <laughs> and like, for me, having the confidence to just go, nah, nah. I can feel that's going to be terrible for me yeah, in the long run. once that's on, it's just... <laughs> Especially now, like, um, the injury that I got, I got in a, for a stupid reason. Like, um, okay. I drove for a long time and then uh, I went to training. Tweaked it, went to another training session, tweaked it again. And then I was like, I can train, it will be fine. And then, like, we did... Um, a couple of takedowns where I was hunched over and it always messes oh, up my back. Yeah. But like, it was fine. And then we got to like positional sparring and I kicked my leg out to get my hook in uh, to go to the back of this guy. And as I kicked my leg out, all of the muscles just went bomb. <laughs> or like just tensed up, like spasm. Mm-hmm. My piriformis muscle inflamed and my calf and my hamstring went into uh, contraction for two weeks. So now I've got nerve damage down my leg oh and my in my God. foot. I know, I know, I'm so lucky. That's hurt. Uh, yeah, my foot's got constant pins and needles. I can't, well, I can run, but I always gamble with, uh, whenever I land in a certain way, my knee buckles. All right. So yeah. if I'm running, I just fall over. <laughs> so what's the recovery time like for that sort of injury? So, the issue wasn't so much the muscle, um, it was for me. It was more what the muscle was doing. So the the piriformis was expanding uh, because it was inflamed, and uh, the sciatic nerve runs between the piriformis and the hip bone. So it was squashing my uh, nerve against my hip. So that was causing a lot of pain. Um, so I got put on some very strong painkillers. And Are you feeling waved? No. Oh, okay. Believe it or not, the only time I felt kind of out of it was when I took diazepam, and I only took it once because I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Um, but the other, like during the day, I was taking a tramadol, which is like a muscle relaxant. Is it muscle relaxant? I think it's a muscle. It sounds quite familiar. Yeah. I did nursing for a year, yeah. and I had to sort of administer Ooh. all of these, Ooh, you know, sedatives and everything. <laughs> Um, so yeah, when I took that, it basically alleviated all of the pain down my nerve. Yeah. So I was able to move around and like moving around is the best way to stop it from being inflamed because you're kind of telling the muscles that they're, um, they're fine. They don't need to keep protecting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so once, and then like, I went to like probably about eight or nine sports physio, chiropractor, osteopath appointments, like just just people picking up my legs and moving them wherever they want yeah and then one guy that clicked my back because i really enjoy it (laughs) yeah have you seen all those like chiropractor videos on youtube yes they're brilliant like i love the sound so much that even though it's not happening to me i get the benefit (laughs) yeah it's like you know just it's so relaxing i sometimes watch them if i can't fall asleep it's insane it's like is it the same with like the pimple popper videos are you just like I love pimple popper videos. It's so disgusting. I love it. <laughs> a lot of people don't appreciate how good it is, though. They're sort of like... I know. Oh, that's so weird. Why would you enjoy it? And I'm just like, because, you know... It's just... Do you imagine, like, oh, what if I had that? And then, just like, it coming out? Or are you just like, 
looking at the oozing and going, that's really, that's really pretty. Yeah, I, I just like how it looks afterwards. As much as, like, it probably looks really inflamed afterwards mm. after what she does to people's bodies. But I just kind of think, like, okay, that looks lovely now. It's not got, you know, gross pus coming out of it. And, yeah. yeah. Like, which ones are your favourite? Is it, like, the the gooey pus? Is it the hard pus? <laughs> like the waterfall pus. pus or, yeah. Um, or... Is it like the ones that are like a hairball where you have to reach in and like literally yank it out and it's disgusting? Oh, I don't know. That's a tricky question. I know. Um, <laughs> it's why I asked. I don't like, I like the sort of the runny. <laughs> the gooey one. Yeah. It looks like you've uh, poked an egg. The infected cysts. <laughs> Yummy. Yeah. Are they the ones that, does that mean that you like the ones where she like puts the scalpel in and it just goes tss- and sprays yeah. up because <laughs> I've seen the one where she tries to dig them out oh. and I just I can't watch it but yeah when it sort of like doesn't look so painful for the other person as well yeah. like, that's, that's much better to when watch. she gives it a squeeze it goes whoa yeah so I'm not really that um, squeamish yeah I'm not squeamish I, I had a, a huge needle phobia for years mm. and then I did nursing and they basically said you're gonna just have to inject people love it I was it. like but I can't <laughs> so I fainted on the ward. Love it. Was co- was basically unable to sort of move for about half an hour. So they just kind of moved me into one of the rooms. <laughs> and I sort of woke up and just was so mortified. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, but it, I suppose like, they basically just was like, you have to just do this every day. Mm. So, you know, and then sort of having needles, like having vaccinations as well sort of helps you get over that fear. Mm. but um yeah i could see sort of operations and i'd be fine you know i'd just yeah. be like that's so cool you know seeing yes. like colonoscopies and all that Love which it. would probably <laughs> freak some people out but i was like oh some guts yeah like i i'm fine with uh like gore i'm gonna yeah. call it but like like you i had a a real like fear of needles but like uh, the start of my transition, like I had to have uh, blood tests every other month. Yeah, so it's just imagine. like <laughs> after the first like year, I was like, oh, just take it. And like, um, it really made me appreciate the difference between uh, skill levels in nurses and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Because like getting the junior nurse to come in and like poke me nine, ten times, <laughs> like, it's fine, you just keep going. I'll be out by that point. <laughs> I'd be just, you know, just knock me out, basically. But at the moment, I've got this really cool um, Scottish lady. She's brilliant. Like, uh, like I never used to be able to, like, look while they were doing it because I didn't like the... Sort of triggering, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But now, like, I talk to her all the time and I just watch the little blood thingy fill and I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. And, like, I've got tattoos now, so, like, it's fine. Are they recent tattoos? Are they, like... No, like, the fox... And Stitch and that one, they are probably about two years old now. Okay, yeah. yeah. And I've got a toothless on my calf, which is beautiful. And I got that back end of last year, I think. Yeah. And I got that done in Southampton, now that I think about it. I'm going back the next year. I'm very excited. I booked um, a tattoo for March next year because the guy that I want is literally booked until then. <laughs> yeah, I know they're like they're quite difficult to get a hold of, aren't they? It's insane. Yeah. But My like... sister has that problem. She sort of um 
if you know space comes up she just books it immediately and just gets it done <laughs> but i haven't had the courage to get a tattoo done yet it all depends like i never thought that i'd get one yeah literally because i was just like what do i want on my body for that long but like um this one on my arm uh i had a, this picture in my phone for about five years and okay, i was just like so... at one point i was just like fuck it i'm gonna get it done and then um uh, I found a girl on Facebook who did it and like we hit it off straight away started talking about John claude Van Damme movies and like bonded over some John claude Van Damme it was brilliant yeah. <laughs> but um, no like now I'm less uh, picky about the thing because like this was done by the same artist which I kind of stole but it's fine because <laughs> it's my body and my canvas yeah um, and then like I love Stitch. He's like my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, he's so a of cutie. Course, exactly. So of course I'm gonna get him on my to body watch somewhere. Him every day, you know. I, no word of a lie. I watched Lilo and Stitch every day for about four months. Uh, probably about the beginning of last year. Really? Like, yeah. Every time I'm like, every time I hit like manic depressive, okay. I'll get home and I'll put Lilo and Stitch in because it makes me feel happy. <laughs> yeah, you have to sort of like take care of yourself when you're feeling like that. Of course. And like, I'm big into mental health, um, yeah. obviously, because I need to be. Um, it's, again, it's like the reason why jiu-jitsu is so beneficial, like forcing you to be in the moment. Like, it's one of the reasons I enjoyed competing as much as I did, because it really put you under that pressure of uh, acknowledging the moment. Um, and like, you don't really, there's not a lot of places in life where you get that. Yeah. Where it's just like you're not thinking about what's happened previously, what you're doing later. It's all about what you're doing right now and where you yeah. are. Avoiding being choked or armbarred or exactly. swept. Exactly. It's like meditation in a way. Yeah. You know. But, um... uh, yeah. It, like it's that's essentially what flow is, and like it's beautiful, and I love every moment of it. Yeah. <laughs> I struggle massively with uh, competition nerves. Really? Yeah, yeah, like, like you're really anxious. So, every person that I've kind of looked up to as like a, um, like a hero essentially for competitions and stuff. Every time I've spoken to them about competition, they're like, yeah. "I shit myself." Literally before <laughs> I go on the mat, every single time, and like, it's not even just until they get onto the mat. It's like when they're fighting and uh, like in between matches as well. Yeah. So, so what is it for you? Like, is it just the the anxiety of what's coming? Is it um, more about not feeling that you've prepared enough? Or it's a weird one because I think it's more. So initially, I thought it was about losing, mm. but then when I lost, I was like not even that upset. Yeah. So I think it's more about um, sort of not. Like I'm a bit of a perfectionist and mm. if I feel like I can't, if I don't perform at the best that I can, I sort of feel let down. But I'm, I put so much pressure on myself, which is really bad. I know mm. I shouldn't, but I just can't help it. This and is what I was talking about at the beginning. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> I know, I should. I'm starting to let it go a bit more. Mm. Hopefully in like the next <laughs> 10 years, I sort of get a bit better at dealing with it. But um, yeah, like even in between matches, you know... I think it was at Grappling Industries 
last year no not last year it was in July it's in July <laughs> um, <laughs> I started having like panic attacks and it was just I think it was at that point I realised I had to really get it under control because yeah. is there anything that you do for like uh, your um, like state of mind at competition or uh, like just in general no I mean um. <laughs> I, uh, I don't I think listening to music sometimes helps because it sort of distracts me and mm. like usually I have to be on my own yeah. you know like if I'm with anyone I'm a nightmare to be around if I'm if I'm nervous for a competition so I just sort of like listen to Cardi B nice. <laughs> the, the venue and then come back um but yeah I don't know I I've been thinking about having sort of um like hypnotherapy to sort of deal mm. with it I know there's quite a few um coaches for that in yeah. like fighting sports but yeah other than that I just I think like if I just do it enough times, I'll get over it. But mm. I have to see. Like it's goes. a weird one because it it's um it's like it's a crazy amount of anxiety to place in like one like act and like mm. so. Do you still experience it whilst you're fighting, or does it like stop and then start again when like your hands raised and you're moving on to the next round? Sometimes it's it happens when I'm fighting. So when I get on the mat, I'm usually okay. And mm. then if I feel like, hang on a minute, this <laughs> isn't going the way I wanted it to go. <laughs> you know, they're getting the upper hand here. And mm. then I'm sort of like, it's sort of, you just, I don't know what the word is, but everything starts to go wrong. And I, yeah. I think like your mental state is so important when you fight. Yeah. Because you can sort of self-sabotage. Yeah, you catastrophize everything in your head yeah. and then everything starts to fall apart because you're thinking about the worst case scenarios. Yeah, like I lose <laughs> by, you know, like I'll get swept or something and then I'm like, that's it. It's over now. I'm not going to come <laughs> back give from up. this. It's like five minutes left on the clock. Um, and I think, you know, when I am able to come back from it, I feel really proud because I, I know, you know, I didn't sort of, just accept the loss yeah but yeah like i talk about the advice that i've received from the people that i've interviewed before and like uh, my conversation with helen curry has literally been the most beneficial that i've had outside of uh, my gym yeah and like just the things that she was saying about um competition in general not even competition just sparring in general where yeah. she was like attack the transition not the position you want to um don't what what was the wording that she used um essentially just don't accept the pass yeah it's like if they get to side control don't let them don't just give up and yeah, like don't lie let them down. get an even better side just control like, yeah you know if you're just handing them a, an awesome like position. every time someone looks like they're going into my side control i'm like nah fuck it i'm going to turtle <laughs> yeah. like you get no points yeah. <laughs> enjoy so like that's literally what i think about when i when I roll like and it's frustrating because you will have um like roles where someone gets you to like a it happened to me the other day um someone wants I was under someone's side control and they weren't trying to progress they were holding me inside oh, so annoying. and it's just like I need something to attack I yeah. can't create space because I, I I have no explosion in my hips yeah. so like but they the chest wasn't over my chest, it was over my stomach. So, like, uh, his chest was going into my stomach to um, restrict my diaphragm. And, like, oh, his... to try and suffocate you. Yeah. God, that is nasty. 
Yes and no. Like, I could still breathe. It was just like, just like it was more annoying than it was anything else. Yeah. But like, he had his uh, elbow by my hips, so I couldn't like move out and get in. And like, his uh, body was all the way back. So, like, even if I did like push back, there's nothing really I can do apart from give yeah. him my arm so he can step over and fuck me up even more. Yeah. But like, things like that, like, they're a bit demotivating. But like, it is the transitional period where he would move to do something else that I would want to attack. So, like, it makes sense that he would sit there, but IBJJF rules, he'd be done for stalling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in his face. Yeah. I want that. <laughs> More victory there. <laughs> I ended up just tapping and it's been like, look, I don't want to give up, like, four minutes of a roll just because you don't want to move. So yeah. uh, <laughs> we just, like, carried on after that. Um I can't remember what I was talking about. Is it competition mindset, maybe? That was it. Yeah? Like, um, yeah, so I'm very lucky in that I haven't really suffered with nerves that much. And, like, uh, I think it it was either the last Cleos or the Cleos before, um, where uh, Jo was there as well. And she was telling me how annoyed she was that I wasn't anxious or nervous about going to fight. And I was like... I am. It's just I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I've had people staring at me for seven years, almost. So, like, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. Um, I just block most of that stuff out of my head. Like, the only thing that um, I get anxious about is what my performance is going to be like against the person that I'm fighting. Yeah. Um, and then you always have that struggle of, do I watch them fight beforehand? <laughs> yeah, do you re- do you Google them and like find them on Facebook and everything? Oh. It's the worst thing to do. I've it done is. it before and I spent the whole time like trying to look for them in the event in the venue, like mm. being like, oh, is it is it that person? <laughs> you know, and trying to I did it as a white belt and sort of count how many stripes they had on their yeah. white belt as if that made any difference. My first ever competition, I looked up the two people that I was fighting and. Um, I haven't done it since because it yeah. literally gave no benefit. <laughs> it doesn't, does it? Cause, no. You know, I suppose even if you had found footage of them mm. and you see them, I don't know, pulling guard, right? that doesn't mean they do the same against you. Exactly. So, so for me, if I'm going to watch my opponents fight, like I, I like to watch the brackets that I'm in. Yeah. Literally because I, I, I enjoy the women in the sport and I like to see how people fight. Like I'm, I'm fascinated with how people move. So um, yeah. just getting to watch other people's styles is uh, really fun for me. But like I will always watch how people start, and if they start the same way throughout the competition, and then we meet up, I'll be like, oh, so I can address this. Yeah, they'll probably do the same thing, wouldn't they? Yeah, they have like a game plan, right? So. Yeah. But like I'm, I'm very much of the mindset that like, I'm more reactionary than I am uh, attacking, essentially. So. I prefer to react to what someone does to me rather than try to uh, instigate. Yeah. So like, um, I don't know if it looks like they're gonna pull guard, I'll like try and slip out and move my hips forward. Nine times out of ten, I get fucked up because I'm not fast enough. <laughs> but it's fine. I tried. That's yeah. the main thing. That is the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> but like, um, oh, like, no game plan lasts more than the first move in jiu-jitsu unless you're at a really high level 
And yeah. like, so for me, it's like it doesn't really benefit trying to guess two, three moves ahead when you're not guaranteed the next move. Yeah, because they could just do something completely random, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so you can't really try and predict um, how these how these women are going to fight. No, no. Like you, and also you you don't really know what's in their arsenal unless you roll with them all the time. Yeah. In which case. They've probably been holding back. <laughs> They've got something in the chamber. <laughs> Just waiting. Oh, you didn't know. For like not. a good couple of years, they're like, they will ever see this like flying missile. <laughs> ever. Flying armbar. <laughs> like, I was watching a video on uh, Facebook the other day and I saw this woman do a scissor sweep. And okay. uh, when she pulled the woman to the side, her ankle just snapped. <laughs> and I was like, ugh. From a scissor sweep? Yeah, she jumped onto it. Like, um, what did she do? Uh, the girl had her leg for like a single leg. So she wove the leg between the legs and then jumped to oh, one side. Oh, was that that? Um, I think I saw that same video. The woman was wearing Wonder Woman. Yes. Stuff. Yeah, I know. And the knee was floppy. <sighs> I know. I don't. I think that was like a, a scissor takedown. Yeah. It's very dangerous to do a lot of concerts. I said scissor sweep. I apologise. Yeah, I was it was thinking. Scissor I was take like, <laughs> someone's doing that really wrong. <laughs> like, they're breaking their ankle. Sweep, you learn, isn't it? But yeah, I know it's yeah. Yeah, it was gross. Like I was watching it, and I was like, that doesn't seem so bad because I was like watching it without um, sound and stuff. And then like I read a oh, comment like watch it with sound, you? and then like <gasps> listen to it. It's like and I was like. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. And as soon as I heard the pop, I saw the ankle and I was like, oh my god, that's the worst. It's not good at all. The noises, is, like I had um, my uh, elbow sublaxed, that's the word for it. Like it Ooh. partially came out and then slid back in from an armbar. Love it. <laughs> yeah, it was at an MMA gym and uh, I was I was tapping, but the guy didn't didn't let care. go. Yeah, didn't, go, didn't care and I had to scream. And then uh, obviously being... Being the person I am, I still continue to spar. Of course. Even the arm wasn't, you know, wasn't doing anything. And then he tried to armbar me again on the same arm, and I just thought, nah, I'm done. Yeah. And uh, the, but the noise, mm. it's like twigs breaking, you know. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm very fortunate in that all of my injuries have come from training and not competition. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Um, you know, like being in competition, like I don't think I've ever really been injured. No. I mean, you get like sort of aches and pains, but I've never had any drastic injury. No. And like, it's weird because I've always been told, oh, a competition, don't worry, just razz it on. And like all of this. And it's like, most people are actually quite nice. <laughs> yeah. No one really wants to break their opponent. No. But it, it all comes down to the respect, like exactly. within the sport. And it's kind of like the difference between you and Molly. <laughs> Yeah. Because it's like, I don't know, in, in jiu-jitsu, you understand that for the people that you're sparring with, it's not necessarily their life, their income. And like, yeah. you know what it's like to be injured. So it's like, I would rather just apply things slowly and wait for them to tap because I'm confident in my technique yeah. and allow us both to go to work tomorrow yeah. rather than going, you know what? I don't care about you or your lifestyle. Have a broken arm. Yeah. No, it's, you know, and also you don't really want to be making enemies. No. Like, and especially like when you, 
go up the ranks in jiu-jitsu, you're going to be fighting these girls a lot. You're going to yeah. see them at competition. And if you get sort of a name for yourself as being this pretty nasty person, no one's going to want to fight you. They're just going to be like, oh, I don't want to... Mm. They'd be a bit hesitant if you're in the same bracket. And... Well, that's the thing. Like, at the moment, like, the purple belt divisions for females are so sparse. Yeah. And, like, brown's even worse. I think yeah, that, for sure. Are there more black belts than there are brown belts at the moment? <laughs> I, do you know, I don't even know how many female black belts there are. Is there like maybe 15, 16? Uh, there's about 23. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> behind on the news. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, that's, but then again, they could be black belts who don't compete so much. Well, yeah, exactly. You know? And like, it's fine. They don't need to compete. But like, at the same time, it's... There's a part of me that wants the females in the sport to just be a bit more visible. Yeah. It's one of the reasons that I started this. Because, like, I wanted there to be something for people looking to get into the sport, but might be making excuses. So, yeah. like, the first few of these that I did, they all had a specific purpose in mind. Like, um, I interviewed Jo for the first one, and I wanted to talk a lot about her fibromyalgia and how she was able to like still train and compete while she was in like a great deal of pain and stuff. Yeah. Um, I spoke to Maya about uh, depression and anxiety and using them or well, combating them with uh, jujitsu and stuff. And like Helen was the first uh, jujitsu black belt in the UK and there are a few more, but I can't remember what they were. But like, it's just, I wanted, I, it's why I don't like limit it to like black belts. I I've ha literally have anyone <laughs> like yeah. speak to anyone because for me it's more about learning about other people's experiences and that there is no one experience. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's with everything. Like you're gonna find something that you enjoy about the sport and you'll cling on to it. So like just because say one person enjoys it as a hobby doesn't mean that the person can't enjoy it as like a career. And vice versa. Um, it's just about understanding where you are within that. If yeah. that makes any sense. Because like, you're not going to have a hobbyist training like they're going to compete at the Worlds every week. Yeah. Just like you're not going to have a high-level competitor going, ah, I'm just going to skip training for this week. <laughs> and just take sit rest. back and watch Netflix all day. It's fine. <laughs> I suppose it's what Jiu-Jitsu does for you. Yeah. You know, and how you know what you want to get out of it. Mm. Um, at the moment, I seem to want to do it all. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to, you know, I'm kind of reaching that point where I'm like, do I just focus on a career in zoology or mm. try and make something out of jiu-jitsu? But just finding the balance. Yeah, find, yeah, the balance. Exactly. So I'm assuming that's what you're studying at university. Yeah. That question that I wanted to ask at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Why zoology? Animals are the best. Yeah, they're, they're so cool. There's so much to learn about them. And, mm. you know, I just, yeah. Christoph says it best in Frozen. Reindeers are better than people. For sure. Just like every other animal is. Yeah, rabbits especially. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you love rabbits. I know. I, I suppose people think it's a bit weird, don't they? But why? It's no different to like a, a dog or a cat. It's just a different shape. And they've got really big floppy ears. Yeah. And do you do you like whiskers. rub them like milk? 
like you're milking a cow. <laughs> yeah, so um, my rabbits in particular, they um, they love their like forehead being stroked and they'll sort of purr. Aww. They do this like little teeth grinding noise. That's um, adorable. Yeah, and then I'm, once I hear that, I'm like, okay, they're, they're in a good mood. So they can be quite sassy as well. And if oh, you yeah. stop, they can bite you. Love it. So I feel like I'm yeah, a bit of a of a slave to my rabbits at the moment and and all the other pets in the house <laughs> how many pets do you have uh i think i have seven seven yeah um seven yeah name them <laughs> all the names no not their names like so you, uh two rabbits two rabbits nice um a dog what flavor uh she's a bull mastiff it's a big girl Beautiful. Called Alice. Um, I have a cat called Duchess. Love it. Um, I have is she a... white? And does she have a pink bow? No, she's completely the opposite. <laughs> I, I loved aristocrats aristocrat <laughs> as well. Um, but she... So when we got her, she seemed quite elegant. And then we soon realised that she was just like any other cat. Sort of quite feral. <laughs> like a baseline horror of a cat. Love it. Yeah, but she would... She basically just fights everyone and anyone that she can. Very, very Love sassy. It. Love it. So she suits the household perfectly. <laughs> um, we've got a leopard gecko called Gizmo. Ooh. Who, um, he's about 13 now, so he's what? becoming a bit of an old man. Love it. And then we have a snake called Shenron. Love it. Who we were, we were meant to only have him for about three weeks. You know, like doing a friend a favour and sort of mm. like caring for, caring for him and then... The guy just never really asked for him back, so skipped him. <laughs> I have um, a canary called Mr. Hub. Love it. <laughs> so yeah, that, that must be it. Yeah, that's it. And then two rabbits as well. So, so is the Dragon Ball Z reference yours, or is it the original owners? The original owners. I'm not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> not into anime. Yeah. <laughs> I used to like, um, what's those... The cards. Yu-Gi-Oh! Or yeah, Duel Yu-Gi-Oh. Masters. I think it's Yu-Gi-Oh! And Beyblades and stuff like that. So I was yeah. kind of cool, but kinda. then I didn't... <laughs> it sort of stayed in childhood. I didn't really kind of do much with it. Yeah, like I'm... I think Yu-Gi-Oh! came about when I was about 16, 17. So I was kind of out of it. But I did play the card game, because I'm a fucking dork. It was um, brilliant. It, it, it really was. I quite enjoyed yeah. it. Um, but I don't play it anymore because um, no one wants to play with me. We'll have to, we'll have to play it one day. But like, I, I still love Pokemon because there are so many like cute animals. <laughs> like, yeah. Honestly, uh, when I went to see Detective Pikachu, I was just like, I want a Bulbasaur. That's all I want <laughs> in my life. Like, he looks so adorable and so beautiful. And then... Um, Pikachu looks so soft and fluffy. It's like, I just want to hug everything. He's based on a real animal called a Pika, which is uh, pretty sure they're uh, lagomorphs and they're related to rabbits. So it makes sense because yeah. they have the same like type of fur, don't they? Uh, yeah, they. Um, I think it's the, the teeth that sort mm-hmm. of is like the identifying factor but yeah they i mean they are small and cute and fluffy right so exactly yeah it's, it's why we love them like yeah. obviously like my big thing is foxes i've i love a fox i love how they scream i love how, oh my god like <laughs> it freaks me out if living in london like you hear it all the time <laughs> and eventually you get quite used to it 
So how does it still freak you out? Like, um, I keep thinking it's like a woman or something, and then I'm like, oh my god. But oh my god, like um, so about a month after I moved to Milton Keynes, like I lived, I still do live near the station, yeah. and there's like loads of underpasses and redways like near where I live, and um, I woke up one morning like I wake up every day at like three o'clock in the morning because I don't know I sleep weird but um this this morning I woke up and I just heard this scream yeah and I was like do I do something yeah like, so you just have this like, and yeah check. and then um probably about two three months afterwards I was going out to my car um in the morning because I was traveling up to uh where was it? I might have been going to Liverpool. And um, heard the same noise from the bushes opposite my house. <laughs> it was just a fox like, <laughs> like... At least you know you, you, it wasn't something that serious, you know? Yeah. You didn't let someone down or anything. But, like, it was weird because about a week after I heard it, like, there was a newspaper article about a woman who was um, assaulted, but it was nowhere near my house. Okay, and I was like... Good. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, oh no, like, um, yeah. But like, Milton Keynes is just like any other place now where like knife crimes on the rise and uh, all of all of the nonsense that's happening in London is happening in yeah. Milton Keynes because there are rude boys everywhere. Yeah, loads of roadmen. Exactly. Look at Jay. Yeah. <laughs> He'll love that mention. He's pure roadman. He'll feel famous. <laughs> <laughs> But you've met Jay in real life though, right? Um, yeah, he's, uh, I think he's been like scorekeeper on two of my fights at Cleos. Okay, um, yeah, he, yeah, he would have been. But yeah, every time, um, I just remember for a long time, every time he posted on Facebook, it was like, what kind of whatever? Yeah. <laughs> I still send it. <laughs> he loves his memes. Who doesn't love a good yeah. meme? <laughs> like memes are life. <laughs> He's uh, working on some memes from Grapple Fest. Some of the pictures. <laughs> so watch the space. You might find some really funny pictures soon. Dopeness. Yeah. Um. Right. So back to you because uh, I'm so self-obsessed that it just comes back to me all the time. No, <laughs> and all I do is talk. <laughs> like honestly, it's one of the reasons why I started the second one with Sophie because I just like talking about um other people's lives and jujitsu and like yeah. it's it's a great format because <laughs> i get to absorb so much knowledge from people um so you've been in jujitsu for six seven years about six years six years yeah look at you go i know um how have you seen uh like female participation um either progress stagnate or um, just in general, like, what's your what's your view um, on participation within the sport being? I feel like there are more female um, athletes in jiu-jitsu now than the, there was when I started. Like, when I started training, I think I was the only female in the gym for about six months. Mm. And, like, whenever, you know, a new woman would join, she wouldn't be there very long and sort of, you know, would kind of come and go. Um, and to be honest, that sort of is still the case now. Yeah, I think jujitsu is hard for everyone. Whether you're, you know, a man or a woman, it's still yeah. quite a tricky, tricky sport to be in. 
I just think it's quite important that, you know, people who are within the community are sort of making it welcoming for women. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's all like, you know, getting them into the gym, but also keeping them there is, is so important and being friendly and... Oh, it's gone again. <laughs> um, so what do you find is the most beneficial way of keeping people around? Like once they're there? Once like, they're there? Yeah. Um, I think it's just making sure that um, women's issues are heard. You know, if mm. something happens to... You know, I recently had an experience where I was rolling with a guy and he sort of made, like, really bizarre sexual noises. Love it. And, uh, you know, just was trying to, like, get me to triangle him and he sort of was almost enjoying being submitted. Oh. And uh, I think, like, the way you handle those situations are really important because if you kind of disregard it, then, you know, it would just make someone feel like... It's okay. Yeah, it's sort of okay, and you know you don't really value women in the sport mm. if you're kind of letting that sort of behaviour, you know, happen. But the guy was banned from the gym, which is amazing. Love it. Um, albeit he did deny everything. Um, Why wouldn't he? Yeah. Like you're a woman, your voice shouldn't be heard anyway. I know. But <laughs> in jujitsu, I feel like you have to pick and choose your battles. You know. Yeah. There's a few things that, you know, I have learnt to ignore that mm. I see in the gym. And then there's things where like I'm like I can't just you know accept that sort of behaviour, so I do sort of like try and make Educate. my voice heard. And yeah, I think it's really you know, it'd be great if, um, you know, I know you see a lot of these um, articles on like how to roll with women, mm. and I feel like everyone sort of feels like they know how to roll with women, but they don't. Mm. And maybe, you know, there there could be some workshops for mm. example and like teaching guys you know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate but generally like most people are, are quite normal and, yeah. and don't make weird sexual noises so <laughs> but it's not like the thing is that okay so the uh, reactions to um sexual positions that's likely mostly to be a male problem yeah. but the noises that's not strictly limited to males because I remember uh, one session we had where this woman came in for her first uh, like go at jiu-jitsu and like everything that happened was just oh 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 my god it's not it was, tennis <laughs> oh my god like someone uh, did like a, a butterfly sweep and it was like oh like I mean calm down yeah it's you're just being rolled good. over <laughs> But, um, yeah, like, I do feel like it's difficult to speak up because of the environment that you're in. Yeah. And uh, there are more things that, there are more things that the coaches can do to make it, to make you feel safe to speak out yeah. and be heard. Um, and obviously, like... Every time I try to talk about like uh, women's issues anywhere on online mainly, like you always get these people like, yeah, but it's not all men. It's like, no, it's not all men. But we're not saying that though, are we? We're no, not saying every exactly. single guy is, is like this. It's, so like, it's not all men that are making women feel like this, but it is all women who feel like this because yeah. of this small minority of men. And it's like, if... 
men actually like stood up and spoke out when they saw something that was wrong and they you know believe women yeah like it would be more equal i yeah. feel but like i don't know like it, it sometimes it, if you're uh new to a sport and you're still getting to grips with especially with jujitsu where like a lot of the positions are wildly sexual. Yeah. But that's... Definitely. Like, you don't know where people are supposed to be putting their hands and what they're doing, and you don't know the difference between sexual assault and trying to regain your posture, essentially. Yeah. So, like, it can be very difficult to find that distinction between what you should report and what um, is kind of okay. But, like, no one should feel like they can't ask, Yeah. if that makes any sense whatsoever like um you should have no issues going to your coach or one of the coaches and just saying look i was wrong with this person they put their hands here i want to know if that's normal yeah um and just i don't know like safety is a big a big deal especially when like 80 percent of the women who walk through the door are there because they want to feel safe yeah yeah it's it's odd and it hurts my feelings that in this day and age you still have to have these conversations yeah i know it's exhausting to be honest and you kind of feel like when is this gonna (laughs) not be such an issue Mm. you know i mean i try and um you know uh i try and be as approachable as i can to the women in the gym so that you know they can they feel like they can talk to me if anything weird happens but you're so intimidating no i mean <laughs> look at you you're you're just what, a five dench. foot four <laughs> a five foot four brick wall no <laughs> nah. i mean i do have quite a mean face if i'm not smiling there's a huge <laughs> difference between a smiling abby and like a neutral abby a neutral abby is not does not look like an approachable person She's alright. Yeah. <laughs> it's my big eyes, they're just yeah, I kind of don't seem so so scary. Yeah. Very pokeable. Yeah, I know, big targets. It's <laughs> um. never gonna not be funny, is it? No, never. I'm a big fan. I think the funniest thing from that fight is the um very aggressive messages I've been getting. From all these MMA fanboys. Yeah. Like like DMs. Yeah, DMs. It's not just dick pics anymore. It's not. No, (laughs) I mean, it has now gone back to normal when I did get asked by someone um, whether I could pick them up by their throat and pin them against a wall. Love it. And they even mentioned how much they weigh, which was really important news, you know. Yeah. So I could just find out before I got there and and did it, but... So you could do it in the gym first, like, okay, so that's... (laughs) That's, that's about you know 50 kilos right. yeah <laughs> um so yeah it's all it's all gone back to normal now um but yeah for a good like couple of days i was getting um you know even weird messages from kids what? saying like oh you you know you lost that and to us i never really said i didn't i didn't um lose it i've never sort of been in denial about no. losing the fight you have been accused of being a conservative like... i know <laughs> that hurt me I'm not a Tory at all. Like, I, yeah, I don't even know where that comment came from. Well, I don't really look like a Tory. I don't look like... 
Something like that. <laughs> so, you just everything has a price tag to you, apparently. It's just like yeah. green pound signs in your eyes. Yeah, she just wants to dig them out, you know, get those pound signs. <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah, really strange. Uh, at least we, at least I can laugh about it. And yeah, and like at the end of the day, it's an experience, and like it's done a lot to boost your profile in the sport. <laughs> if only they knew that though. I think they they probably thought that it would just kind of I mean like upset me or whatever but I suppose you have to see the positives in yeah in hate mail. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but like it's just kind of the same thing that happened uh with me like the first time it kicked off on um the underground. It's like I became the most famous white belt in the UK for a long time. I was just like, all right, cool. I got to speak to Dan and then I got to use that platform to go and speak to all of these amazing people and visit all of these brilliant They're doing you a favour, albeit that's not their intention, but... Yeah, and like it hurt, sure. It took a long time to get over, but at the same time, like I, I was able to find some value in what happened. Yeah. Which is great it's totally not cool what they did at all you know no it's not but if i was them i would be feeling very you know (laughs) disappointed in myself for making someone feel like that but the thing is they don't see me or any trans person as a person it's one of the the issues that any minority group faces even women in the sports like they're not real people if you can't see them it's like if you if you're in a predominantly male gym and that's all you train with you like you start to devalue women in that sport yeah. and until you get like a high level woman go in and fuck everybody up like you're not going to really have respect because you're always going to have this thing in your mind that goes I could be her yeah. and like you've, there are like things on uh, YouTube and stuff where people like <laughs> like someone with absolutely no fighting training fighting like uh, I don't know like a woman uh, an MMA fighter it's just like well there's a difference in skill like that's where the issue is here you're yeah. going to lose every time because there's a vast uh, difference in skill it doesn't really matter how big and strong you are yeah. the whole point of jiu-jitsu is technique yeah. so it's like um, don't get me wrong I'm not ignorant to the fact that height, weight and like physical structure play a part in jiu-jitsu because they definitely do but the um like the benefits shrink over time like i imagine that if and when i do get to black belt my height and weight aren't going to be as um beneficial to me as they are a white belt because that white belt being big and heavy is a good thing because no one knows how to defend like weight really yeah and i suppose you're you're both you know you and your opponent are still quite new and so yeah. it's, it, it doesn't really matter arsenal's quite limited isn't it exactly so. like that's like that's the point one of the points i was trying to get across on dan's podcast but like i started it and then i started talking about something else and i never finished yeah. the point <laughs> i was like oh i'm an idiot but like i don't know as with everything like jujitsu is essentially what you put into it and like you're only going to be as good as you work yeah and 
don't get me wrong, natural talent will get you so far, but at the end of the day, hard work pays off. Yeah. So it's it's weird, and like it always upsets me. Well, I say upsets me, like it makes me feel great, but it's like why is it only ever men that moan about this when it literally has no impact on them at all? It's like yeah. every single woman that talks in those forums is like, it's fine. <laughs> What's your problem? And like there have been a few people who have had issues with it in the past and that's fine. And like I've been able to speak with them yeah. and like just talk to them about like what their issues are. And like, don't get me wrong, there are always going to be people who you can't change their mind. It doesn't yeah, matter what you do. Forever. Yeah, exactly. It's the same as like Brexit. Like, you're never going to be... Like, if someone's like, no, we need to go. It's like, either you waste days, months, years trying to change their mind, or you just accept that not everybody's going to like you. Yeah. And I'm cool with that. So, like, now, I'm I'm better able to handle what happens in the on the underground because it's happened so often and like you do just see the same people posting it is the same people I'm afraid like yeah. I can't imagine that like guy who looks recruit like... new people yeah into fe- thinking the same way I think it's just some people who are quite bitter and yeah they just probably hate themselves more than anything and I hope so yeah <laughs> they I, I mean you'd have to really dislike yourself to then to, you know hate on so many other people yeah for no reason like the one guy who's posted like the last two or three on the underground i don't know he the one who looks like uh i don't know freddie mercury in the last video he did you know like really gaunt and like just weird looking yeah every time i see his picture i'm just like (laughs) he looks like the mask if he had flesh colored skin (laughs) i can picture it now (laughs) that's him and i'm just like uh and like now it's just like, well, he's living up to his name at least because he's dull and all he ever posts is dull things. Mm. It's just like, oh, this will cause up controversy. Look at all the likes I'll get. I'll get internet points on the underground and everyone will love me. No, no, you just make yourself look like an idiot. Yeah, a lot of people would just kind of think, oh God, him again. You know, <laughs> it just gets a bit exhausting, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like... Honestly, back-to-back weekends of the same thing. It's just like, everyone's tired of hearing about it now. Mm. And it's like, it's not an issue. A lot of them are like old articles as well. Yeah. That from years ago. The ridiculous thing is, everyone brings up Fallon Fox when they talk about trans people in sports because, um, like, uh, she... Uh, broke some woman's orbital not orbital bone like her eye socket yeah I heard about that yeah and like they don't talk about the woman's wake up beforehand that mm-hmm. you know would have contributed to her poor bone health and like I'm not trying to uh, justify what happened because if you look at the footage like Fallon is like bigger she is stronger yeah but like I, I don't understand why people focus so much on like the difference in strength when it wouldn't have been that much difference because every single trans person in any sport that I've seen have always been within like the 
within a female range. Mm-hmm. So like if you're looking at a a Venn diagram, like yeah. there's a there's a good crossover between male and female in the middle. And that's where most trans athletes sit, like somewhere in the middle. And it's like I'm not outside the realms of female possibility, just like um I don't know, one of my trans guy friends isn't out of the realms of male possibility. Mm. Like, I've seen trans guys who are literal bodybuilders. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. well, like, it's the same on both both ends of the spectrum. You can either be, like, a trans woman who's hyper-feminine or a trans male who's hyper-masculine. It's like, it's strange. But, like, apparently human bodily variance doesn't come into the discussion. It's always this equals this. Yeah, it's very, like, 2D, I think. And it's clickbait as well. You know, people don't really... They'll see, like, an article and then be like, oh, my God, yeah, this is so true, without (laughs) actually researching, but then posting about it, knowing it's going to offend people. Yeah. You know, just just do a little bit of of research (laughs) before you start (laughs) hating on so many people. Yeah. But that's literally all it is now. Like, people want internet points. Yeah. Like, that's where the currency is. But everyone gets a platform of social media. Yeah. As yeah. much as their opinion... Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> they still get to, to scream about it. Yeah. The same with, like, all of these anti-vaxxers and stuff. It's just like, God, yeah. congratulations, you're setting us back thousands of years. Yeah. Oh, like, this is... Like, I don't understand the people who are like, oh, well if everyone's vaccinated then why does it matter it's like mm, because if you're not vaccinated and the illness gets you it's going to be able to mutate mm-hmm. and we're not vaccinated against the mutation so yeah. it automatically like eradicates everyone's immunity when you mutate this fucking virus i think they're thinking of herd immunity yeah but they they don't really know the science <laughs> so no. they probably read somewhere oh you know, not you know, some people who aren't vaccinated might still be safe, but yeah. it doesn't really work if the if ratio everyone. is uh, yeah, yeah becoming a bit blurred. So. <laughs> but there's mercury in there. <gasps> Shock horror. <laughs> yeah, you get to live past like twenty and thirty, so <laughs> vaccines are good. I completely yeah. That's my big thing. fan like, of vaccines. They never had. They never had vaccines in like this, this, and this time. Yeah, they had iron lungs. Yeah. <laughs> they had polio. <laughs> How is that? They a lived till they were thirty. It's like there is a part of me that thinks you should only live till you're thirty because like Earth is full. <laughs> you need to oh, calm do you down. Mean, yeah, with the growing <laughs> overpopulation. Human population. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Like, what is it now? Like eight billion. Yeah, I think it's definitely it's definitely knowing it, if not 8 billion. Ugh, there's just so many people. And, like, why does it always feel like 3 billion of them are just in central London, like, yeah. at any one time? Or even, you know, getting off the train at Elstree and Boreham Wood. <sighs> like, so many people are coming off, and I'm like, I'm going to be late. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm just so impatient anyway. I'm, I'm literally exactly the same. It's one of the reasons I don't work in central London anymore. Yeah. Because, like, even... I used to get to work at, like, 6.30 in the morning. And you would think, oh, like, it will be nice and, like, breezy. But no, literally 100,000 people just mm-hmm. wandering around, like, oh, oh, look at all the, bu- <laughs> look at all the tall buildings. 
I'm trying to get to work. Yeah. <laughs> and like, no I, time to admire anything at the moment. No. I, when I'm A walking, I have blinkers on. Yeah. So. But then, I'm also a massive hypocrite because, like, sometimes I do just walk around like, huh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I have nine a.m.s pretty much four days a week. Oh. So I'm always having to get. Like, it takes me about an hour to get to uni. And Where is your university? At Mile End in East London. Nice. So I have to go on the central line at around <laughs> 8 o'clock. It's, it's a fun line. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've worked out a way of avoiding the queues by like manipulating Shepherd's Bush Station. <laughs> but <laughs> it's still, you know, I still feel like sardines getting on. Yeah. You know, getting you know, in a can. But Honestly, like. Um... That's something that really triggers my anxiety, uh, crowds. Mm, so yeah. like, um, when I worked in central London, I had I finished work at 3.30 so that I missed the rush home. Yeah. And I wasn't like cramped into a small space. So like I would always, um, like the tube wouldn't be too bad. I'd always have to stand up, but like when you're not standing up on the tube yeah. ever. And then um, the train home would be busy-ish. I'd usually get a seat, which is dope. If not, I would just sit like by the door and then leave first because I'm cool like that. But yeah. like, um, the odd time that I had to uh, leave at like four or five, I remember getting off the tube and having a massive panic attack on the station God, and yeah. just like sitting as far away from people as I could to try and regain my composure. So it's quite overwhelming. Yeah, almost blacking out because <laughs> yeah. I can't breathe. Like, oh my God, my life. And like, uh, I think once I had to get off a couple of stops early and I ended up walking from, where was it? I can't remember what any of my tube stops were called. <laughs> Moorgate. I ended up walking from Moorgate yeah. to Euston. I was like, fuck it. I'll, it's like a 40 minute walk. So. I'd rather that than the, um, risk it. It's the northern line, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It's not good. Not good at all. And, like, I never really had panic attacks, really, until, like, uh, my transition. And, like, I used to love going to Comic-Con and just enjoying the weekend there. Yeah. And I remember, like, the first year of, like, my social transition, I went with my brother. And, like, it's fine if other people are there with me, because I can talk to them and take my mind off it. But like he yeah. disappeared, and I just broke down, sat down in the middle of the <laughs> in oh. the middle of the convention, just started crying. Because yeah. I'm cool like that. I'm so cool. <laughs> I don't want to cry in front of people. But no, it's fine. Like I'm, I'm a lot better now, and I get to, you know, be happy and not dead. Yeah. Which is dope, kind of. <laughs> Being happy is good. It is. Yeah. It is. Everyone deserves happiness. This is true. It's true. Happiness is undervalued. Because yeah. a lot of people don't experience it properly. It's too much stress in life. It's the world we live in. It, it is. It is. Um, so yeah, women in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> going back to half an hour ago. <laughs> um, you have a... Like, your... The women's team at Mill Hill, that's coming along quite nicely. Um, there are a few people there now. Yeah, there's... Um, was, I haven't done gi in so long. I can't even tell you <laughs> how many women are in the gi class. What there's, about no gi? Like, there's a few people that train no gi there. about... 
three of us. Hmm. Which, you know, at one point there was eight of us. Yeah. But, you know, things change and, um, you know, a few people moved away. Yeah. And, yeah, there were, like, visitors. It's like... But it's still progress. Yeah. But, like, London's one of those places where it's, like, people go there but they're not guaranteed to stay. Yeah. So it's, like, it's difficult. I could, I could see how it's difficult to retain people in that environment. Yeah. But, like, how... Like, do you adapt the way you interact with the women uh, that come in to how uh, you, like, uh, interact with the guys that come in? I wouldn't... I would say I'm a bit a bit more protective of the women that come in. Mm. Because, you know, I know when I started jiu-jitsu, you sort of feel, like, if you're, you know, as a woman, you do feel a bit kind of lost in a way and you feel yeah. like you feel like you know you're just not very good at jiu-jitsu but really not taking into account the fact that people are bigger and stronger yeah so i don't know i feel like I'm, i treat you know guys and, and girls the same yeah um which you should <laughs> yeah exactly you know i think that's you know the right thing to do but i'm you know i'm quite protective especially like if um it's a friend that i've got into jiu-jitsu yeah then i'm really you know I want to make sure that no one hurts them. <laughs> You're going to roll with this person yeah. because I know they'll be kind to you. Exactly. And I'm like, let me know if anyone hurt you and I'll roll with them afterwards. <laughs> so, I don't know what the point of that is because I still get smashed. So, But when I'm a black belt, I can say that with, with confidence. Yeah. But, um, or can you? <laughs> we'll see. We? What even is confidence these days? Yeah. But, I, you know, like if I do bring someone into that into that environment, I do, you know... I think it's my duty to make yeah, sure they're okay. Of course. Like I um I, I experience it more with women than I do with guys where there's like a lot of negative self talk. Where it's like, yeah. oh I can't do that, I can't do this, or um I'm rubbish, I'm not doing this properly and this, this and this. It's like um I always make a point of um calling them out on it. And just talking them through it. It's like, oh... Especially when they feel like they're wasting your time. Yeah. Like, that's a big thing uh, for me at the moment. Like, because um, it was brought up by a couple of the uh, white belts in the beginners class at um, uh, Total, the, where I train. And mm. um, they were just like, oh... Like, they feel like they don't know anything. They can't do anything. And like... Uh, especially if they're training with like Haley or myself, they feel like they're not putting up a a decent match and it's like a wasted role. Yeah. It's like, mm, there's no such thing. No, you know, <laughs> I think rolling with people who aren't as um, advanced as you is always a great thing because then you can sort of really focus on your technique. Yeah. And you know that that role is going to mean a lot to the other person as well. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah. And like... I think it's really beneficial for uh, beginners to feel what it's supposed to feel like, yeah. if that makes any sense. Like, um, I used to think that I was a very like uh, kinesthetic uh, learner, where like I had to feel things in order to apply them. But yeah. I've since found out that that's not the case <laughs> because even when I'm shown I can't do it oh. <laughs> like um like for me it's more uh auditory um 
I don't know. I have to have something going on in my head. Otherwise, I won't be able to pick it up. It's weird. Okay. Like, uh, if I'm studying for something, I have to have, like, uh, music with a heavy uh, bass. So oh, that right. I can... Uh, it, it just makes me focus on the words a bit more. Yeah. And I need to picture things in my head. So I draw lots of pictures in my in my mind box. It's really useful. Like, I mean, I literally draw the pictures. Yeah. Especially with biology, you know, if there's, like, loads oh, yeah. of um, pathways. Yeah. If I just wrote them down the words you'd be like huh yeah especially if the, some of the words are like 20 letters long I'm just like oh god oh my god so, do you spell yeah. them all out phonetically <laughs> I try and pronounce them I mean it doesn't sound right um but I, I like to use a lot of like abbreviations but then if they were to ever ask what does you know dhea mean and I'm just like uh, I don't know I'm like you know what that means you don't need to ask me <laughs> Um, I was going to ask another thing but I can't remember what it was so we've spoken about women's form like what so we've spoken about women coming in and retaining but like what do you think can be done to like welcome more women to the sport like I get the environment's a big thing but do you think there's anything that Especially gyms that don't really have many women there. Like, do you think that there's anything that like gym owners can do to make to foster a more welcoming environment and stuff? So, I think that facilities are a big, a big thing. You yeah. know, making sure that um, women have their own shower. Yeah. You know, like faci- you know, like so, like, like they a have changing room. Yeah, changing shower. rooms is also a really good thing. Yeah. You know, because I, I can. When I started, I didn't have a changing room. I yeah. had a cupboard, like a little cupboard or a toilet, <laughs> and or it would be like just publicly changing, and I'd be like, I'm not doing that, you know. That's what I do at the moment. Really? Yeah. yeah. I can't, like, there are changing rooms, but I'm too lazy at the end of the class. I just go to my bag, take off my top and put my jacket on, and then go. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> I'll be sweaty for a little bit. If I had a car, I would just wear my Nogi stuff into the car. Yeah. Or my gi. That's what I do. Yeah. So it's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm really cool when I drive. <laughs> See, I, I have to take the bus and uh, overground train. I don't know how you do that. Like, the bus is literally one of the scariest and worst places on the planet for me mm. I can't stand them I don't know how people do it like I've got so much admiration <laughs> I think so like no one really like I get quite a nice space around me when I'm on the bus because obviously I stink after training Love so I think it. that probably helps um, <laughs> you're very sweaty and angry looking <laughs> yeah. with a neutral face my hair I look like a troll doll <laughs> seems to be who I look at the moment beautiful um but yeah, I don't know, like, I think I just have to do it, so, mm. just, you know, need to, need to get to A to B. And, yeah, it um, makes sense. Yeah. Necessity makes fools of us all. <laughs> yeah. If I had the choice, I wouldn't do it. I'd take Ubers everywhere. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not a rich Tory, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I never used uber like ever until i went to australia in january and Mm. then um i downloaded the app because i didn't know how to get to my hotel and uh it was amazing you don't have to talk to anyone no you just but the car turns up and you're like hi it's me the thing is i like speaking to people so like they would come and like because don't judge me (laughs) 
but like I would always go for like the one just below the premium one. Oh, like the pool or the exact? No, the exact. Not the, I I went like, for the exact like yeah. three times, and like it was so nice just being in like a really nice car. I was like no. it's Australia. It's not real money. <laughs> <laughs> so um, but like one of them was this uh like really nice Mercedes, and I was like. I'm never going to be in one of these cars again. Yes, I'll have your water. Yeah. <laughs> and then, they like, give you mints and little sweets. Yeah. I was like, oh, I will take your charger. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I haven't used it really in the UK, like ever. I used it in the States when I was out there. It's quite big in the States. Mm. Yeah. I used it in the States before in, in London. Yeah. They're, they're not in London anymore, are they? I mean, I used it yesterday. When is that coming into effect? I, I used it, it twice was, yesterday. Which I thought is it was with media effect. I thought they had the license revoked by Maybe the city these of are rogue Uber drivers mm. that are just kind of operating anyway. I got a message from Uber saying that they were contesting it because they yeah. were told like not too long ago that it was fine. So um, this has been an ongoing problem. I think. Oh yeah, like the black, like the cabbies of London, like really hate it because. Yeah they're no longer uh, unchallenged yeah. in the city but, sure. but yeah <laughs> uh, it's what I enjoy about this podcast because I literally just chat shit <laughs> about anything that pops into my head <laughs> no it's, it's good topics I'm having to think like, what is my opinion on you know um... on the Dow Jones yeah <laughs> come on I know you're a secret Tory no. The mask will drop <laughs> at one point. <laughs> like, fuck the poor. Oh, yeah. no. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> um, so, oh, I just asked that question. I'm retarded. Nah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, okay. So, that might be it. It's like, we've been speaking for an hour and 50 minutes. Really? Yeah, I think about half an hour of that's you. (laughs) (laughs) But um, had some good chat. Had some good chat. Thanks. Um, It's been really nice speaking to you. Is there anything that you've got coming up? Like, are you um, are you actively competing still? Are you looking for other like super fights and stuff? I think probably for the rest of the year, I will take a bit of a break because I have January exams. Love it. And for the first time, like, um, of my degree, they, like, recently introduced it. So I might do the, the key euros. Love it. And sort of redeem myself from everything <laughs> that's happened recently. Um, and then, yeah, just carry on and yeah, just try and compete as much as possible. But I think it's going to be quite tricky. Have you done euros before? I did no key euros, but not the key. Nice. The no key euros was was tragic but <laughs> it was an experience anyway and had what a lovely happened time in Nogi, I think I just got ragdolled a bit you know <laughs> <laughs> the fight kind of happened and then at the end I was a bit like did that just happen like surely that's not it you know all of that money and it lasted about six minutes oh I know but it was still an amazing experience and you yeah. know you get to see people that I think the funniest thing is seeing people that you know on Instagram in real life and you're sort of like, do I approach them? Oh my God. Like That happens a lot. So um, Euros was my third ever competition. 
um, I went out to Portugal in January 2017. It's a big competition to, to do, like, as a, a new competitor. I know. Yeah. Um, I was uh, wildly underprepared. And, like, uh, my first match was an absolute shambles. Um, like, there was, like, two minutes of just, like, ragging each other back and forth in the stand-up. Mm, yeah. And then I went to shoot for a, a single leg, and she went to shoot as well and smashed her nose <gasps> on the top of my head. So, oh um, like, five minutes of just her wandering around with a bloody nose. <laughs> well, she didn't clean it up. She just kind of stayed on the mat. No, 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 no. Oh. Like, uh, they stopped the fight so that she could get her nose under control. And, like, we started twice more, and it started pouring down. The referee oh, no. says, if it happens again, you're disqualified. And... Mm. Um, it didn't happen again and we continued and uh i think i won on points because nice. i passed a guard like like i got a i got a takedown and i got like a, a guard pass so yeah. i was happy with that but she needed to pass my guard in the last few seconds i thought i had an arm bar. for your life yeah i thought i had an arm bar so i gave up everything <laughs> that's <laughs> like, what i would suggest to do to yeah, be honest so, exactly yeah, and then she started vote. stacking me i was like oh no <laughs> And I like Kev's in my corner, just like, just straighten your legs. And I'm like, but I can't. <laughs> Life is hard now. <laughs> um, and then in my second fight, I was in, I, uh, the girl pulled guard straight away. And she got like a really deep collar grip. Okay, um, yeah. And like, I never used to wear my hair up. I used to wear a ponytail. And she grabbed my ponytail with it. So my head was stuck like this. Oh no. Like looking up into the corner. And I was looking at the ref like, she's got my hair. Um, See, they're not very sympathetic for that. They're not. They don't give a shit. They're like, well, you should have braided your hair, but it's like, yeah. yeah but having a lovely ponytail. Is so nice. <laughs> but look at me. Yeah. Um, so like, eventually, I opened a guard and passed, but I left my arm lying across her waist, and she just rolled over and went belly oh, down. No. So um, yeah, that's how I lost my first fight. <laughs> <laughs> but it was enough to take bronze, so I'm happy. Yeah, you made the podium. Yeah. Awesome. I got to meet some really cool people. Uh, it's where I met Hannah McCourt, and I've been out like uh, I've been over to Belfast a couple of times. I trained with her a couple of times out there, so that was really cool. Yeah. It's it's literally one of my favorite things about competition because I get to meet new people, and then I go to like talk to them and then go to their gyms and train with them and all of their people it's a fantastic community i'm not yeah. gonna lie there are you know you do get some bad bad bits but generally you can always like you always know you're welcome to train anywhere and yeah wherever you go if you're traveling you know you're gonna make some lovely new friends exactly and, and gyms, so. it's literally the dopest yeah <laughs> so um gear euros nice yeah anything like, I can't remember what I was even going to ask. I'm so tired. <laughs> like, right now. <laughs> I've been up since three. And my brain doesn't work past 3.30. Yeah, so, it's um, getting quite late, isn't it? Yeah. What time's your class? Is it half eight? Half eight, yeah. We'll get you there in time for that. That's oh. fine. Okay. Um, is there anything else you would like to, like let out like now's your final like death rattle <laughs> you yeah, can I say whatever you want I'd just like to thank you for having me on the podcast oh, and it's been a pleasure yay <laughs> like it's just nice to speak to people outside of the sport like because the amount of people that come up to me and say I didn't know you had long hair like <laughs> what because <laughs> every time what they see me think? it's like up in like, a bun it's like oh okay but like occasionally I wear it down and people are freaked out by it it's like, yeah. oh, okay, brilliant, thanks. Um, so yeah, it's just 
and like just getting to know people outside of the sport's really interesting as well. I'm always fascinated by like uh, the jobs that people have, and like I never would have guessed that you'd be a zoologist, yeah. <laughs> crazy animal great. person. You don't need to preamble it with crazy. It's just an animal <laughs> person. That's just normal. Yeah. Um, uh, if you don't go into jujitsu as a career path, just to continue for a moment more, like, yeah. Uh, what What do you reckon you would do? Like, do you, reckon, do you go into zookeeping? Would you? Um, I would like to go into animal welfare. I'm not a big fan of zoos. Some <laughs> zoos are are okay. Um, but. I think I know, like I know I'd be suited for animal welfare because cool. I'd like you know chilling with them. Yeah, chilling <laughs> with them, going around and be like, "That's not good enough. You got to do this," and <laughs> kind of being a look at his ad- sad advocate face. for them. I think the thing that's suited for me. Hashtag animal advocate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming and speaking to me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, thank you. We'll get you to your Nogi class now. Oh, Yay! And that is it. As always, thank you very much for listening thus far. Um, if you can, and if you want to, you can like the Fight Like a Girl page on Facebook, which is just Fight Like a Girl. Uh, we have an Instagram page that you can also like. Um, that's where I end up posting most of these um, podcasts. And my other podcast, uh, the Roleplay podcast, which I do with uh, Sophie Nunes. And uh, yeah, if you want to like and subscribe to the podcast, maybe leave a comment. That would be gratefully received. Um, but yeah, until next time, thanks again for listening and, uh, yeah, happy training. <laughs>